0: Say that life only makes sense looking backwards. That would describe how I've come to understand my journey and my life up until this point. I figured it would be right or it would be good to give you a backstory about myself, how I got to doing what I'm doing. And just my journey up until this point uh, to kind of set the stage for the whole process of unlearning that I'm on a journey of and I will continue to be on a journey of. So my story begins in a small town in India. I was born to very young parents. I'm the first child In my family. I'm also a projector in human design. Um, And my family moved to the United States when I was six years old. And prior to six, I had never lived with both my mom and my dad under the same roof, under a family unit or family structure. I always was moved around from family member to family member. Between that time period, my dad had immigrated to the United States, so it was just me, my sister, my mom, and it was a lot of uncertainty and and not any cohesion of safety or security like a child would need. During that time period, a lot had happened, a lot of abuse, a lot of trauma, and if you know anything about how a child's brain develops, between the ages of zero to seven, we are like sponges, our Subconscious mind is totally open. There is no difference between the conscious and subconscious mind because we don't really have developed a frontal cortex, that frontal part of our brain that gives us the ability to analyze and um, discern. We don't have that. Uh, our viewpoint of the world is very egocentric where everything is literally about us. So we don't really understand the difference between what is, a, what is something that is about us and something that is about somebody else. And so during that time period, between the ages of zero and seven, personally, I believe in a lot of scientists and um, childhood therapists and psychologists believe that is a very essential and key part of our childhood. What happens during that time period really shapes who we become as people and as adults. And so if you've experienced any kind of trauma or abuse or Anything during that time period that really alters the development of your brain and the development of your personality, it can have major repercussions later in life. Um, And I had come to find this out when I turned about 21. This all starts to surface really strongly for me. And so, again, history of trauma and abuse. And then I moved to the United States when I was six years old, didn't speak a word of English. English is actually my second language, believe it or not. Hindi is first. And I kind of came into this new foreign world, this new reality of being. I'd never seen a person of not color. I guess I'd never seen a white person before, a Caucasian person before um I've never seen such vast landscapes, so much distance, so much space between buildings and all these trees and It was literally like coming to an alien world. And I remember looking down from the airplane and thinking, where the heck am I? Because that's the first time I'd seen snow, trees without leaves. And it was just a really interesting time period because it was a huge time of adapting and a huge time of changing, uh, especially going into the first grade speaking no English. So there's a huge learning curve involved. And my parents were learning along with me. So it's like we were all going through this journey in this process together. My parents were still very young, like, I would say 26, 27 years old, very young, and they had two children who were the ages of six and five at the time. And so I'm a firm believer that our childhood greatly shapes who we become as people. And our childhood shapes our adulthood. And the issues or the struggles that you have in your life today as an adult can be rooted or stemmed back to your childhood, how you were brought up, what you were told, what you were taught, how you were treated, how you were loved. And it plays such a huge part in the person that you become. And we all carry ancestral imprints. We all carry ancestral trauma to be healed. You know, there's an ancestral DNA and energy that we inherit. We were born into the families we we're born into for a specific reason. I believe that we choose our parents as souls before we incarnate into this human body. We make an agreement that you'll be my mom, you'll be my dad, you'll play these characters and these roles in my life because this is going to help me develop and evolve as a soul in the way that my soul wants to. So these are the predetermined contracts we make with our family and we are born to these specific families because This will help us evolve the most as a soul, and these are themes we want to explore in our lifetime. Being born to the parents that I was born to and the family that I was born to is not a coincidence, something I chose, and it's an agreement that I had made with my family. And I have that understanding now. And at the time I did, it, and my story is one of a lot of trials, a lot of tribulations, a lot of challenges, a lot of struggles, a lot of pain. One thing that I have learned is that relationships have been the greatest source of pain in my life, but they're also the biggest point of transformation in my life and in everybody's life because everything in life is a relationship, but particularly the relationships we have with the people in our lives that are really close to us, our guardians, our parents, our siblings, our family, those relationships really define who we are as people and those relationships really are relationships that stay with us for life. Even if you don't speak to your parents, even if you not, even if you haven't talked to your family in over years, that relationship is still a part of you energetically. It is in some way, shape or form has altered or affected the person you are and the person you've become today. And that's been my story. Uh, without going into too much detail, that's what was literally that allowed my spiritual awakening. I was 21, a junior in college. I was studying international affairs and political science. If you know anything about being Southeast Asian, and this is prominent in a lot of cultures, not just being Southeast Asian or Indian, but what is expected of you is to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, anything beyond that is not a career option, is a waste of space, is a waste of time, and you're just a disgrace to your family. So naturally, the thing that my parents wanted from me, since I could remember, was just be a doctor, be a doctor, be a doctor. My 1st I'm, fr- I'm the first born child to immigrant parents, and I'm an immigrant myself. So all the sacrifices my parents had made to give us the opportunities that we had they needed to be utilized, they needed to be seen through. And the expectation that was set very early on for me was, You're going to be a doctor. And we were surrounded by doctors. If you know anybody who's Indian, if you're an Indian people, everyone's either a doctor, a lawyer, engineer. So that was just normal. It's like, Oh, everyone's a doctor. Everyone's going to go to school for it to be a doctor. So that was like naturally something I was like, Oh, yeah, okay, I'll be a doctor too. And I have always known intrinsically that I loved, loved helping people. And doctor, what a perfect way to help people. You get to save somebody's life. Let's be a doctor. And that was the expectation of of me. And I didn't think twice of it because I was like, oh, that's what I want for myself too. And when I got to college, the realization hit me really, really hard is how small my world was and how small my frame of reality was and how much I was sheltered the saying that I heard a lot of people tell me a lot was, did you live underneath a rock? And I was like, I think so. Because half the stuff that everyone else knew about, I didn't. Because I was so conditioned and programmed to look at life and look at the world in a specific way, which was so much about results and outcomes and achievements and this linear timeline that I had to follow, which was go to school, get a job, become a doctor, get married, have kids, and then all needed to be done before the age of 30. And that was what was expected of me. So when I went, went to college, I chose a college that was completely far away from my family because it was like a restart, refresh for me. I chose a college where I didn't know anyone either. And that kind of began my journey into womanhood, that that journey into my power, that journey into my own realization of who I am, and i'm so grateful that i that i did that for myself looking back at 18 that i knew that i needed to completely get 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 out be on my own and really learn about the world and about myself and so i was a pre med biology major like every indian kid that i knew i actually don't know any indian person that did not go to school for a lawyer a doctor engineer or business no nobody the person that I know now who's actually going to school for something that they really want to do in life is my brother he's going to school to become an actor he wants to be an actor something he's wanted to do since he was really really young but going back to what I was saying earlier is that that was what was expected of me and that is what you know I did I followed through but when when I was in school I had like a revelation, because I was going to all my classes biology, chemistry, math, and i 'm terrible at science and math. I am not a left brained person that is, I think that's what it is i 'm a right brain person my brain is very creative. If you know anything about human design, there is those four arrows at the top that either face left or right my brain my my arrow, the top right arrow, which kind of dictates how your mind works, my arrow is creative. So I'm not someone who thinks in strategic linear ways. I'm a very abstract, creative, open ended thinker. If things have concrete linearity to them, like our school system, our educational system does, I don't thrive in those kind of environments or situations. If I'm if I can be given an option to be open-ended with something and be abstract with something—that's when I thrive. That's when I can really go into detail, into depth, and that's where my own skills and talents kind of come forth. So, school is set up to be very linear. It's really set up for the strategic mind, analysis, critical thinking. Uh, this whole idea of grading systems, A through F—it's again, it's very for the left-brained human being. But what about uh, those of us who are very creative, right? Abstract thinkers. We probably don't do well in school because we can't follow these rigid, logical, analyzed, you know, models of learning. Learning has to be very free flowing, intuitive, uh, very creative for us. And that's what it was for me. So I excelled in my English classes, English, political science, law, you know. These places, these type of subjects don't have definite answers to them. It's very abstract. It's a more personal analysis. It's a more personal experience you're exploring. And I love that about English and arts and arts and like, like uh, I love that about English arts and the classes I was taking, whereas my science and math classes, everything was so definite. Everything was about like solving a problem, getting an answer and moving on my brain just does not work that way at all. So I was naturally not doing really good in those classes at all. Yet I had to make a career out of this way of operating and thinking and being. And I was getting, to be honest, like D's and F's in these classes, it was really, really hurting my GPA. Whereas in my English and liberal arts classes and law classes, I was doing great. Like A's, it was, it was just like a breeze for me. And so when I was 19 years old, I had this epiphany where I realized like, if I'm not enjoying the process, then what, then I'm definitely, if I'm not enjoying the process, then that means I'm not going to enjoy the end result. Like the process, if it's not enjoyable, the end result can't be enjoyable either. And I just knew intuitively like that this did not feel right for me. Like I was doing this because someone expected me to do this. It was not because this is what I wanted for myself. So I had to have have a very hard conversation with my dad and basically tell him that I don't want to be a doctor anymore and I don't want to follow this path anymore. I don't know what is it that I want to do, but this is not for me because I'm not doing well in my classes. I'm stressed. I'm depressed. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Nope. And that was a really hard conversation. Because that was the first time I had defied my parents. That was the first time I spoke up and shared my truth. And I got major backlash. So the thing that he told me was, you broke my dreams. And I said, yeah, right, I did. I broke your dreams because they were not my dreams. And that really, really created a tension between our relationship for a while because here I was for the first time ever as a 19-year-old, really stepping into making my own choices and honoring myself and honoring my truth and honoring what felt right for me, which was not something I had the space to do. I, I think there's a lot of dysfunction in the Indian culture and in the Indian family system where there is this codependent relationship the parents have with their children And the parents rely so much on their children for their sense of value, for their sense of wholeness, for their sense of being proud. It's like they vicariously live through the child and the child like owes them something because the parents have made all these sacrifices for their education, for their upbringing. So now you need to go out get a job make money and like repay me in some way of course this is not like consciously stated but it's all this unconscious agreements that are happening and the parents don't raise the child to be independent thinkers at least I wasn't allowed to be an independent thinker especially because I was a girl god forbid I be an independent thinker as a girl as an Indian girl and so at 19 that was my first taste Of really thinking independently for myself, thinking for myself and listening and honoring my intuition and my own, um, just my own direction in life, which was something I never explored. And I wasn't, I wouldn't have the space to do it to begin with, but I knew that this did not feel right for me. And when something doesn't feel right for you, it feels like you're betraying yourself to just make someone else happy and you can't make someone else happy if you yourself are not happy because then what happens is there's this resentment that you hold on to and that resentment actually ends up burning you not the other person and so I intuitively knew that this wasn't the right decision so that was my first experience of stepping out onto my own and following my own path and honoring myself and really doing what I felt right was right for me to do. And so I quit that and I decided to go major in international affairs and diplomacy because honestly, I was fascinated by countries, by geography, by uh, travel, by just diplomacy, how countries create peace and harmony with each other and how we cohabitate together in all in one planet together. But when I started studying more law classes, I realized there was so much dysfunction and so much um, hypocrisy and corruption in a lot of our systems. And I'm someone, if I can't get behind something, I cannot just do something just for the sake of doing it. Like my mind, body, and spirit all have to be aligned behind it for me to really invest my time and energy into something. So even though I completed my degree in international studies and diplomacy, I knew it wasn't something that I was going to pursue. So I was here. I was at 22, graduated college and no, no idea what I was going to do with my life. Like not a clue. College did not prepare me for the real world. It prepared me in ways of dealing with and understanding people. And how to develop myself and learn more about myself. But as far as the real world goes, I was literally starting at zero. And at that point in time, my relationship with my parents was really, really strained because I was doing my own thing. I was independently thinking, following my own path, wanting to f- forge a way of life that was not a, that was not expected of me. I wanted to live life on my own terms. And that was not something I was allowed to do. That was not something that was... Like it was literally a problem that I wanted to live my life according to my own terms. Um, and it created a lot of stress and dysfunction in my relationship with my parents, but it also, it made, it worsened all of that earlier trauma that I'd experienced and the, and all the struggles with depression and suicidal tendencies I struggled with as a teenager. though. Up until about like 18, 19 years old, I was experiencing depression and suicidal depression and, you know, thoughts and ideas about suicide. And when I hit 21, 22, all this culminated and I had what I call now my divine storm where I literally hit rock bottom. My midlife crisis came a whole two decades early. That's how I like to say it. If you go to my website, I have a blog post called my divine storm. I'll put that in the show notes, but it describes in detail everything that unfolded to get me to the point of rock bottom where I had my spiritual awakening. You know, I feel like the things that we go through in life, they either expand you or they even put you deeper asleep. And for me, the things that I'd gone through, everything, all those 22 years had culminated to that breaking point at the age of 20, 22, that summer after my senior year in college, where I had a breaking point where I remember being on my hands and knees and saying, use me or kill me. God, use me or kill me because all the pain, all the trauma just the lack of support, the lack of recognition, the lack of understanding that I wasn't getting from the people that I needed it from was really, really getting to me. And I didn't really know what I was doing anymore. I didn't know why I was here. I don't, I didn't know why I should live. I was just really in a really dark, low place at that point in my time when everybody else's life was just beginning, you know, at 22, my life is completely falling apart and crumbs, But I am so thankful that that happened because it literally shook me awake. It showed me a different way. And I remember when I was suicidal as a teenager, I would sit in my closet and I would just be praying or I would just be saying like, I don't want to live anymore. This, 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 This world is very cruel. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of pain. People are inflicting all types of pain upon each other. I feel misunderstood, I don't feel seen, I don't feel heard and I'm a very sensitive person. Uh, I feel energy very deeply, I feel emotions very deeply and it was too much emotionally, it was too much energy and emotional input that I was getting from the outside world and from my own family environment. It was like an overload for my nervous system which was completely being fried. I remember like thinking to myself like there's gotta be a different way there's gotta be a different way to live life like this cannot be the way the way we live our lives with these like mundane robotic monotone way of living life so linear about reaching these destinations getting these outcomes to then just die like there's gotta be another way to live life and 22 that other way was just opened up to me so I sincerely believe when you pray with a sincere heart and you really really ask for guidance from a sincere place the universe always 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 responds to you responds to you so what i did in august 2010 no august 2011 i got on my hands and knees and i just said god use me or kill me because i'm so tired of the bullshit there's got to be a different way and i kid you not within 24 hours an intervention happened and it changed the trajectory of my life as I knew it forever. And I am so grateful that that happened and I knew that was bound to happen. I was destined to wake up at the time that I woke up to the greater reality of the meaning of life, the purpose of human existence, why I'm here, what I'm here to do in this whole multi-dimensional way of existing and being human while not being human at the same time and the book that came into my life within those 24 hours after i'd made that sincere demand it was more of a demand not a not a plea not coming from a place of like defeatedness but it was de- it was like a demand there was like some force of demand i demanded for an answer when i said use me or kill me the book you can heal your life by louise hay popped into my reality so how this unfolded was it was, this was about 2011 and this is when YouTube was just getting big right there was a lot of people uploading videos on YouTube and mostly the space was full of fashion bloggers or beauty bloggers and I was watching one of these people and she mentioned this book oh there's this book called you can heal your life by Louise Hay. and as soon as she said that like I got shivers down my spine and something within me was like I need to read this book I need to reach out. I need to go find this book. So I went to Barnes and Nobles. I got the book and I read it. And everything in that book confirmed what I had been feeling and thinking and wanting to know for so long. It was as if like my whole entire world had opened up and I literally like made a quantum leap into a whole different reality at that, in that moment. And that book is that book is one of my favorite books of all times. If you're just starting your journey or if you're on your path and you've been on your path for a while, I still suggest read that book. You can heal your life by Louise Hay. It is going to literally expand you and help you understand yourself so much better. And that's what that book started doing for me. It opened my whole entire world up. And because I'm such a naturally curious person, I love to learn, I went to Google and I typed Louise Hay. And she has a whole entire website and she has something called Hay House Radio. I listened to Hay House Radio. I found all these other amazing authors and teachers. Who was it? Like Wayne Dyer, Abraham Hicks, Alan Cohen. Uh, like, I can't remember who else was on at that time. Sheryl Richardson, Nancy Levine. Like, these are like, I guess, the OGs of Hay House Radio. And I was just so like, literally, like, I was like, this is the greatest gift a girl could ask for, because I was so beyond grateful that I had literally stumbled upon a treasure. And I would, and I'm, and I'm going to spend the next, and I spent the next, I would say two to three years, like diving deep, and learning everything there is to learn about myself, the the reality, the universe, how the universe works, life itself, And some of my favorite books I read came out of that time period. I suggest A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, Spiritual Growth. What else? A Course in Miracles, like so many amazing things and things started to happen for me. And it was literally like changed the trajectory of my life. And I knew immediately that this is what I was here on earth to do. I was here on earth. To be a pioneer of the new way. A pioneer of the new world that is emerging, that we're creating. People are realizing that we have been fed lies. That reality is not so uh, definite. Reality is malleable. We are more than just these physical bodies going through this time-space reality. In this super 3D dense environment. That we're energy. That we're spirit. That we are more than what meets the eye. And I became so interested in everything beyond the obvious, you know, like every single night we go to bed and we go to sleep and we go into a dream world. The dream world feels just as real as the, as when we're in our awake state. But why is that something we just, you know, say is not real. You can't know the difference between when you're dreaming here. What if this is all a dream right now? You know, I just started thinking a lot more deeply and not taking anything at face value anymore. And I started to become more sovereign over myself, my decisions, uh, what I did, and how I decided to live my life. I was not going to live my life according to some some expectation of my parents or society or my education system. I was literally going to take my life in my own hands and I was going to steer it. And that's what really allowed me to gain consciousness, gain a deeper understanding of myself and my place in the universe. And how I actually fell into doing this work is like coaching and teaching was not a coincidence either. It was like all guided. I was really confused out of college. Like I said, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life because I didn't have any of those natural talents of singing or acting. The world thinks those are talents, but, you know, deeply listening and being able to intuitively read people and being able to discern energy that people are emitting and uh, being able to guide people and being able to see the nuances in the world. Those are also inherent talents and abilities, not just these singing and violin playing and soccer skills like everyone is inherently talented and skilled there there are skills and abilities you have that are inherent to you and that only you can do and that's what makes you you I didn't know that at the time and so I started journaling a lot because I was really confused I was in a lot of pain I was you know in a really strained relationship with my parents and I started journaling a lot and all this like emotion and all this stuff started pouring through me and I didn't know that there was so much pain and there was so much going on within me and so until I started writing and that's the time period I started developing a journaling practice and journaling not like Dear Diary I ate popcorn today. Those that kind of journaling I'm talking about where you literally offload and empty out what's on your mind, what's on your heart, your emotions, your thoughts, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what's moving for you, you offload all of that. And you allow yourself to God and kind of go on this trance state where you just flow and you don't filter or judge or direct anything that's trying to come through you out of the that you're writing with you literally allow yourself to just let it all out so that's what I started doing I started to understand the inner workings of my mind I started to understand the inner workings of my emotional state and I realized wow like I was carrying all these heavy emotions and I had all these thoughts about all these different things and those they, they were crowding up my space they were taking up so much energy for me and they were literally sucking me dry And I would offload all that onto paper. Sometimes it'd be like three, four, five pages of writing. And I would feel so much lighter and so much more clear. It started to give me more mental clarity and emotional clarity. Clarity over how I was thinking and feeling. When I started doing that, I started learning about meditation. Because everyone was suggesting meditation. Meditate, meditate. And I started meditating with Wayne Dyer's Moses Code Meditation. And I would just... First, I would offload all my thoughts and energy and stuff that I was... First, I would offload all my thoughts by writing them out. And I would sit in meditation. I would go into these deep states of meditation where I would finally feel myself relax and let go. And now I understand what I was doing was I was tuning into my home frequency. I was coming back into my home personal vibration. the time, I didn't know that's what I was doing. And that helped me start to kind of feel more connected with myself in a very internal, personal way, not through things, but purely in myself, who I was, my mind would get quiet to the point where I would have no thoughts. And I would literally just feel free and so expansive and so alive and so awake Again, this wasn't just the first time I did it. This was over many, 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 many months of constantly just doing it. It's like training my mind to sit still. I started experiencing that a lot and it literally changed how I saw myself and it changed my ability to not be so externally focused, but take my attention and put it inward within myself I started seeing myself as the source of my thoughts, the source of my pain, the source of my suffering, the source of what I was feeling and what I was going through. Things outside of me were not the source of it anymore because if it was happening within me, then that means the source was also within me too. And if I wanted to undo it, it also had to happen within me. And that's the realization I started to have, started to have. And I remember hearing or seeing the words I don't even know I think I heard or heard the words life coach somewhere and it was like that would like intrigue me I was like life coach I want to do that what is it and I just kind of took that seed and I planted it back in back in my mind and also the other thing is I'm an Aquarius if you know anything about Aquarius is kind of very much my way or the highway type of people Uh, and I've always known that I wanted to have a business of my own and work for myself just i hate i hate people telling what to do i don't like it um and i don't like that someone else can decide how i'm going to spend my time how much money i'm going to make and how much vacation time i'm going to have like i don't like people telling me what to do or what to think or what i can do with my life i wanted complete sovereignty (laughs) over my entire life freedom is a huge core value of mine and i wanted complete freedom of my life so i knew in some way shape or form I was going to have my own business I didn't know what that business was going to be like it's funny because I was at home this past winter I found this brochure that I had made about myself and in there it said the future and under the future category it said one day I will grow up and have a business of my own helping people and I was like at 12 years old I knew so as children we inherently know what it is that we're here to do in the world but other people's opinions and the shoulds of other people and other people's expectations drown out our own voice and our own ability to be connected with our gifts and our mission and our assignment that we came here with on earth. So I always like to tell people that refer back to the things you enjoyed doing in childhood. What are the things that you spent hours doing as a kid? Was it playing make-believe? Was it making dresses for your dolls? Was it Uh, telling stories or writing stories? What were the things that you loved doing as a kid where you would lose time and you'd love to do it? Those are little seeds that open up ways that you're here to give your gifts and share what you're here to share with the world. It's not a coincidence that you were drawn to those things. They're part of your path. They're part of the way you're going to give your gift that you're here to give in the world. So I always like to tell people that if you have a hard time trying to figure out what is it that you want to do with your life, your life purpose, that's such a heavy word. Well, we'll talk about that in another episode. Is that what are the things you love to do as a kid? What were you naturally gravitated towards? And start allowing yourself the space to start doing those things and see what comes out of it. See what ideas you have. See what insights that you get. Since See what intuitive hits you get by starting to play with the things that make you feel alive, that make you feel excited, that you were really curious and just so in awe of when you were a child. Coming back to that piece, for me, knowing that I wanted to have my own business and help people was the only two things I knew. What the format or the medium, I had no idea. But when I had my spiritual awakening and I just fell so deeply in love with spirituality and self-development, and unlearning everything peeling back those layers of an onion I knew that this is what I wanted to teach people I wanted to help people remember who they really are and teach them who they're not and help them go through that transformation process and so I started to make YouTube videos if you go back if you go to my YouTube channel my first video it's on it's called how to stop being angry or something to do with anger. And that was the first video I uploaded to YouTube back in 2013. i had been getting an intuitive hit for a long time to start uploading videos. And for me, when my intuition wants me to do something, it keeps just bringing it up over and over and over again. It doesn't shut up. So if there's something that keeps coming up for you to do, it's because it's literally guidance from your higher self to act on it. Go in that direction. This is what your path is. Follow it. See where it's going to lead you. (sighs) So I made a YouTube channel. I just, I just said, finally, I'll just listen. I'll do it. And I started uploading videos to basically teach myself what I was learning because I was in a yoga class, Kundalini yoga class. And I heard the teacher say, teach what you want to learn. And I was like, That makes so much sense. So I was going to teach myself what I wanted to learn by making these videos. So I made these videos actually for myself because then I was going to use these videos as a way to learn. And for me, when I'm teaching something to somebody else, it really helps me uh, understand it better, but integrate it more deeply. It kind of sinks in for me a, a lot better. So that was the way I started teaching myself everything I was learning. I started documenting my journey. So I've been making YouTube videos since 2013 and I still make YouTube videos to this day. But if you go back and watch my videos, there's over 250 videos on YouTube that I have made. You can literally see my progress. You can literally see my journey. You can literally witness in real time my transformation from that very first video that I made where I was talking so fast, I was so nervous to the video that I have made now. And I love that I have a documented history of my journey of my transformation, of the timeline of my growth, because it's really helped me to kind of go back into different periods or different Uh, frames of mind or different seasons in my life and see what I was going through and sometimes those things tend to surface now so I can go back and see my understanding when it was so real and so visceral and kind of really be like oh that's really what was going on because right now everything's everything now is not as heavy not as strong not as not as a burden on me anymore because I've healed so much of it. But when I know that my not good enough stuff is surfacing again, I have videos that really capture what the essence, where that is rooted in. And I can literally like unwork and unlearn and go through that process again. So that's been really monumental. And I, of course, I started writing so many blog posts. I've like over 150 blog posts on my website. Again, same through, documenting the journey, the transformation process of mine. And as I started doing this, I felt really, really excited to help other people through this process too. And I'm a projector in human design. That means I'm here to guide people. That's literally my purpose. I'm here to be a guide. And for me, I'm here to literally guide other people into themselves. Every projector is here to guide. What you're here to guide people on, that's totally solely special and unique to you. But for me, I know I'm here to guide people on their spiritual awakening, spiritual path of transformation. And for me, teaching other people and helping other people through that process of 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 really falling in love with themselves and becoming who they are and helping them see different ways of relating to life and helping them see things differently mostly was really what I really became so passionate about again the things that you're excited about the things that you're passionate about the things that light you up the things that energize you are not a coincidence they are a part of your path they're they're they are what you're here to do in the world and you have to trust yourself to follow it even though it makes no sense linearly it made no sense how any of this is going to turn into a career per se And I still don't know right now to this day. This is not the end of it. There's more to come. But I have no idea what it's going to look like in five years or 10 years. But I'm not caught up in a linear outcome-based end result. For me, it's really about intuitively living and seeing what's trying to be birthed through me. And I, I, I see myself as like a stewardess of my business. And I see myself as a channel and vessel of knowledge and wisdom to pour through me and allowing divine intelligence in my higher self to literally work through me that's how I do all my coaching sessions and that's how I create all my content that I create even right now recording this I didn't come up with a script of things I was going to talk about with you I literally just close my eyes and I tune into myself and I allow myself to just speak and flow because I know for me flowing is how I feel the most in tune with my energy and most aligned to anything that's trying to come forth through me and so naturally that was just the next step was to start helping other people with the same process of unlearning and transformation that I was going through and all the ways I was growing and evolving as a person and coming home to myself and that's where coaching started to come in. I started, I did so many countless hours of free coaching just to kind of get a taste of what it was like and to really work with people. And then again, it evolved into like pay what you can, then it evolved into like pay, like I had a set price, people paid me and it was just this beautiful unfolding. I learned so much with our process of that. What works for others is not necessarily what's going to work for me. For me, I am not here to solve your problems. Because I don't think you have problems. There isn't a problem that you have. You have all the answers within you. You are wise. You're whole. You're complete. And my job as a coach, as a teacher, is to serve as a mirror. To serve as a reflection. To help you see your own blind spots. To help you see where your blocks are. To help you see your patterns, your belief systems. Your conditioning, your programs. And then give you tools and exercises, and techniques, and practices to help you unlearn all of that. And as you unlearn all of that, you naturally come home into your home frequency and personal vibration, and in alignment with who you really are, your higher self, your inner self, and the universe. It's this beautiful process of remembering, remembrance, because we all just have forgotten who we are, like I did. And at 22, I started to remember. And every year, every moment that I question my fears, I sit with my emotions. I ask for the guidance, for the information that my emotions have for me. Every moment that I see the triggers, every moment that I witness anything in my external reality, how that's a reflection of my internal reality, every moment that I gain consciousness and deeper awareness. I'm remembering who I really am. My intention for this podcast is to really help you remember who you are in the fullness and the wholeness and the completeness of yourself. And the next step on my journey was to create a podcast. And it's something that literally hasn't wanting to come out of me for a year. But again, like you heard in the intro episode, there was so much fear associated with it. And where there is fear, there is the way. Whenever you're afraid to do something, it is because you're ready to expand beyond that identity, that perception, that way of knowing yourself that you have into an expanded version of who you are because you're capable of much, much more and you know that you're playing yourself small, that you know there's more to you. And that fear kind of is a gatekeeper. It's kind of that, uh, what is the fear? I kind of think of it as like, that fear is like that dark tunnel that you have to go through to see the light at the end of the tunnel and see that, see that there's all this light at the end of the other, on the other side of the tunnel. That's kind of the fear. It's like this darkness that you have to go through to realize that there's all this light, all this beauty, all this success, all this love, all this magnificence, amazingness waiting for you. And that fear is just, just, A call for expansion. It's like saying, "Hey, you're ready to expand." So, I have been literally following my fear. That's what I've been doing since I can remember, actually. But the conscious awareness of doing it came to me at 22, and I just follow the fear because the thing that you're resisting is the thing that you need to do. Because what you're resisting is exactly what your soul needs for its evolution, for its own, for its growth. And for you, truly remember who you really are. So I have homework for you. Sit down with your journal and and write down some of the highlights, some of the biggest moments, some of the most expansive or painful moments of your life that you literally would say were make it or break it moments for you. And see when you were going through that, What actually emerged out of that for you? Did you allow yourself to expand and grow and evolve and become the next version of yourself? Or did you fall deeper into sleep or hold deeply onto fear and get crippled by it? Or did it really shake you up to the point where it put you deeper into fear? Or did it shake you up where you rose above the fear and chose differently? Because those were make it or break it moments for you. And next time you have a make it or break it moment for you, it's an opportunity, opportunity for you to choose your soul. It's an opportunity for you to choose the expansion that's trying to come forth through it because things do not happen to you. Things happen for you. You are in co-creation with the universe of everything that is happening in your reality because it's all trying to show you where your own patterns and blocks and conditionings and programs are holding you back from really living in your true power and your true potential into the trueness and the and the realness of who you really are. So they're actually serving you, serving your growth and expansion. And sometimes they feel like they're shaking you up but because we have to be shaken up in order for things to be taken seriously. If everything was just kind of a light tap on the shoulder we wouldn't really think twice about it but sometimes we need those jolts of shaking to wake up and to choose differently those are moments for us to choose differently and ask yourself did you choose differently or did you fall deeper into fear and hold onto fear and try to go for the security or certain certainty because choosing the unknown or or choosing different path felt scary because those were make it or break it moments for you And then I want you to ask yourself, how can I start honoring and being more true to myself and living my life in attunement to who I am and what excites me and what feels good to me? And notice where you're living your life because of the expectations other people have of you or the things other people have told you what you should be doing. And A simple question is, ask yourself, where am I not being true to myself? Where am I undermining myself? Where am I betraying myself? And the answer will come. And those are the points, and those are the places you need to start to listen and choose yourself. And you start choosing yourself, you'll start to gain momentum towards things working out in your favor, and things finally coming together so that seed that you want to plant that's in alignment with your you can start to bloom and grow and your job is to start cultivating it, and nurturing it and keep following the nudges and the statements and the joy that it's giving off. Share your findings with me. Send me an email or tag me on Instagram at Kajal S. I would love to hear from you. And before I close today's episode, take a moment and sign up for the treasure chest, which is full of amazing resources for you, beloved. It has the planting seeds journaling guide, eight workshops on various topics from self-love, owning your power to vulnerability, but mostly empowered audio class a step-by-step guide to meditation and a journaling ebook so if you're new to journaling or if you want some if you want to explore deeper facets of yourself that has amazing prompts for you to go deeper and again if you loved listening to this episode go ahead and leave a review reviews help so much to get the podcast out in front of more people and to more listeners and remember to stay open